Welcome to the That's My Financial Guy podcast with Brian Haney, founder of The Haney Company, financial guru who looks great in pants and helps people understand their finances. Welcome to another episode of the That's My Financial Guy podcast. I am your host, Brian Haney of The Haney Company, the financial guru who looks good in pants and also has some pretty awesome sock game. Uh, and I am excited to welcome Valencia, the millionaire's mama, to the program today. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, this is going to be a really great episode because we're certainly going to be diving into an area that is, is hugely important uh, and foundational in a lot of ways. And, and frankly, I think an area that is, is underserved or underexamined in, in a more traditional financial practice setting. So yeah. this is going to be really, really awesome. So thank you for doing that. Thank you. Um, I'm excited. <laughs> and so before we kind of get into the technical fun stuff, mm-hmm. let's get to know you. All right. If you could live anywhere in the world for a year, where would you want to live? California. Anywhere okay. in California. Um, the vibe is cool in California. Okay. Like you can literally drive somewhere else and feel like you're in a whole different city. So I love the vibe. I would go there for a year for sure. Yeah. Now I, I have, uh, uh, one of my oldest clients just kind of partially retired out there. So I, uh, yeah, it's a good, not a bad spot to, to live in for a year right. or longer. You can ski in one place, you go down, you be, you know, mm. it's a whole different thing. You have the beach. Got <laughs> Hollywood, if that's that's your jam, your right? Jam. Yeah, <laughs> you know, famous people and fun. What food will you not eat under any circumstance, including penalty of death? Okay, well, <laughs> I just went plant based like yesterday for, okay. my, for my birthday. All right. So I so I'm officially now no kind of red meat and okay. no kind of so all anything that's not on trend with that, then that's it. Okay. Yeah. That's that's good. Congratulations, by the way, because that's Thank a you. that's a big it's a big change to make. We, as a family, have some dietary considerations ourselves, so I can appreciate what it's like. Um, at least we're in a good area for that, though. You know, so it's not as hard. Love love having <laughs> so since the audience can't see, yeah. <laughs> uh, Valencia has her wonderful daughter with us today, and so. Um, this is a, a definitely a fun yeah. recording she, for all she, of us. She was sitting and decided now to get up and talk to herself and walk around. She's, <laughs> she is a superstar and she's doing great. And this is this is so much fun having more life in the room than usually just myself. So thanks for having her here. By yeah. the way. I'm glad she's I'm glad she's here. Speaking of Hollywood or not, what celebrity would you want to have dinner with? Ooh, okay. And why? I'm going to tell you, okay, this is Oprah. Okay. Okay, because I am working on building a business, and it's really hard to do it alone and really hard to find a team. Yeah. So I would need all her input on how to build, you know, build out, be a good leader, um, all about building a good team that works for you. So I would need kind of all, like, her insider advice. For yeah. Sure. yeah. I, have, I have to admit, she does come up a lot as as an answer to that so i yeah i i I can totally appreciate that and of course besides this podcast and maybe 
your own. What other podcasts do you like listen to or would you recommend to somebody? Um, I recently found um, I Don't Do Budgets podcast. And also um, I came across Nick Loper's Side Hustle yeah. uh, podcast. So those are really, really um, have really, really impacted my life. I help moms get that free through side hustle. So his podcast was like, well, this is perfect, you yeah. know, and I don't do budgets is a very kind of non-traditional way. Um, she finds people who are kind of getting debt free, but not kind of the regular, I go to work every day, pay the bills. And that's kind of like it kind of thing. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. recommendation. Yeah. So, and that's a great segue into tell the audience about yourself, your practice, and what, what do we need to know about your specialty and your, and your business? Yeah, so I help um, millennial moms get debt-free, uh, mainly through side hustles and a little bit of budgeting. But um, as you can see with my daughter, I... Um, I connect with, you know, I'm a mom, I get it, you know, so, yeah. and we, and we have actually, especially single moms, we have a, a different kind of budget than most two parent um, families or most single people, you know, we have things that pop up. How do you make money for you to kind of pop up? You know, yeah. emergency room visits that you, of course, didn't plan or events at school that suddenly need all this money you weren't ready for. So um, it's best to, um, I think, for, for me to work with other moms, they, they get it and I get them. And so I can help them best. That's awesome. So I love doing that. And um, so, yeah, so I actually um, got debt free. I had about 43K in student loan credit card and what I call divorce debt. So, okay. so, and um, when I was married for that hot second that I was married, <laughs> um, we had a, made a choice that I would stay at home with her, be a stay at home mom for a couple years until she could talk and everything and tell us what's going on at daycare. And when I got divorced, I still wanted to do my lifestyle. Mm. I didn't want to change. And so I was like, well, how can I be at home but still get debt free? So I started doing one hustle. One became two, two became five, five became 11. And after 11 hustles in three years, I got debt free. And now I have a really good positive net worth. We just bought um, our first investment property, me and my mini, um, I call it the mini, <laughs> my go. daughter, um, down south. So it's been really good. And I bring my audience along with me. Whatever I'm doing, they see. Yeah everything and that i think helps to them understand really how things work you know it, it it might seem impossible but it's not it might seem hard if you're a single mom doing by yourself it's not you can find ways being creative being outside the box it's you can find ways to be debt free and and leave wealth for your kids too so. when i think you know you're you're hitting on something that just really the debt-free concept in general um, that I think is certainly a very common burden that is, you know, cuts across a lot of demographics, uh, a lot of industry. I mean, it's just, you know, our culture is one that really supports, promotes the use of, and in most cases, the abuse of debt. Yes. And, and I think, the, you know, probably the average person may not really realize the true, not just the true cost of it, but I think the cost that deals with the life impact. Like you yeah. said, you know, uh, it's hard to probably find somebody who wouldn't consider some of their debt stressful or, right. you know, uncomfortable or embarrassing or, you know, just 
almost kind of like if I'm coming out of college now, it's it's a foregone conclusion. I'm going to okay. have massive student loan. Yeah, I mean, debt is so normalized, and it's to me, it's sickening. I didn't realize yeah. that until probably this year that everyone feels that debt is normal. And because yes. it's normal and we all do it, nothing's wrong with it. I'm like, no, that shouldn't be a normal thing in your mind. And so for me, um, when I became debt-free, I had kind of had a little blog that started. And so... People were saying, well, can you hire, I can kind of hire you to help me become debt free. And I was like, whoa, okay, well, now I'm a financial coach. Cool, I'm with that. So, you know, it turned to financial coaching along with that. But then a huge part of that was me making sure that I put across that debt is not normal. That's great. It's not normal. And that shouldn't be what you strive or you feel like, oh, yeah, this is cool. We're going out. You know, happy hours are normal. So is having debt. Like, it, it, it shouldn't be, you know, a thing for us, you know. Um, and there is, I, th- I believe there is, like, that good debt. I believe some things are good debt. But overall, mostly you should strive, I believe, to be uh, debt-free. Now, if you have debt that is helping you to build wealth, so you have, like, investment properties that you still are paying on that, I mean, that's kind of, like, then that should be a normal thing. Sure. But just to have student loan debt and be paying on it for the rest of your life, that's that's not. You shouldn't be in your 70s still paying for your 20s. Um, no. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that, that has been a long-standing part of, of my practice and, and having walked through both banking and now kind of insurance and individual planning and all kinds of stuff, you know, I would always get down to that conversation with people that talk about daily money management, kind of the cash flow budget conversation. Mm-hmm. And then I would tie that in with the concept of what I called plan major purchases. Mm-hmm. And even just saying it, it was always a very interesting thing to see how that landed with other people because the reality is a lot of major purchases aren't really that planned. Yes. You know, whether it's a vacation, whether mm-hmm. it's a car, even, even, we might think of a house as a major purchase that we think about and we use a realtor for, but uh, even a lot of times that's, I don't think as nearly thought out in terms of, you know, the overall lifestyle, the balance between work and life. I mean, we're in one of the highest commuting areas in the entire nation (laughs) and, you know, and people that have made decisions to take on now, you know, a real estate purchase that requires two plus hours of commuting. And that's just time away from family and other anything, you right. know, it's kind of like, you know, how, how does all of this really make sense? Right. And you right. mentioned something uh, a lot, I think the, you know, kind of somebody's money mindset right. and how important that is. So talk about that and just right. expand on what that looks like and how you work with people in regards to a money mindset. Right. A lot of people work from a mindset of lack, you know, or I've never had, so I never will have kind of just floating on the surface, just kind of making it. And I try to have them have a more abundance mindset where, you know, you will have, you will have regardless and you will have what you need regardless. Yes, there's work included in all that in a plan, but you have to think and believe first and foremost, you're going to be there. Always be your biggest cheerleader. We're always so negative on us. We're always like, oh, well, I overspent on that. Oh, you're not going to return it. You're not going to, you know, (laughs) but you're going to, you know, make yourself feel bad about it. And so I was like, you know, think positive. Okay, okay, you you bought that. You didn't have the money for it, but acknowledge what happened, why you did it. 
going forward, how you're not going to do it again is more the better way to think about it than, oh my God, you suck. You did it again. How could you, you, you blew your whole budget for the whole month. Yeah. So I think I, for, for me, it's really kind of, and two, also unpacking childhood things. So we all have Very issues good. with how our parents did, you know, that no one's perfect, right? About what we learned from our parents. Sure. Um, and my mother, she made buku money, single mom too, but she made so much money, it was crazy. But her money management was horrible. Mm -hmm. um, and so I learned, you always have money, um, so don't kind of worry about it, but you might be in trouble a lot of the times as well with, you know, I mean, she made good money, but we would have the sheriff telling us, hey, it's eviction time because you're not on time with your rent. And I'm just like, well, how did that work out? So we made it. So I grew up thinking, well, you know what? It might be horrible, but you make it. You'll, you'll be okay, which is still not a very good sure. way to yeah. think about money and your life. It's, it's very stressful. So I kind of help people, you know, dig deep, unpack what you learned, what was healthy and unhealthy money-wise um, from your childhood, and where do you see yourself going? Now we're thinking more abundantly where are you going to go with your finances? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, money, like a lot of decisions, is usually not always logically based, but mostly emotional. No. We make yes. so many of these decisions based on yes. either positive or negative emotions, meaning I'm excited. I want this. I'm in the moment. I'm going to make this purchase. Not really thinking of the consequences. But right. It's a or, very unhealthy cycle absolutely. of, you know, you have an emotion, a high, high emotion, you then respond by, impulse shopping or something then sure. you're like oh my god i'm getting a bill for this thing that i bought then it's back to that feeling you're just kind of this constant cycle and you know so it, it's a it's very unhealthy you have to check for anything you do though in life your right. mindset has yeah. to be there um if you're if, if you don't believe you're going to be something you're not going to be that you're just not you have to believe in yourself that's you know should be the core of everything you know <laughs> believing that you can have and do and be more yeah and I, I think from a money mindset standpoint as well, being able to address the emotions and then confront things on a, on a logical basis and on a strategic level. Yeah. That's because, true. you know, um, I, I would venture to guess without doing, you know, the Gallup polling to back this up, I would imagine a healthy percentage of our population, regardless of, of affluence and demographics, don't even really have a budget. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it, and oh, I, no. they, they say, Hey, I have a budget, but they really don't. I remember in, yeah. Right. Let's go I mean, there. Let's go oh, there. My, it, it blows my mind. People think they have a budget, but they are just throwing the word around. It's just a word. That's right. I remember in college, my mom telling me, okay, you're going off to college, make sure you budget. And it was like, bye. I was like, oh, wait, where are you going? I don't know what budget means. There you go. You, know, you didn't budget. I for sure don't know what budgeting is. And people are like, well, you know, they don't get that it's having a plan for the money before you get the money in your hands. There you go. They miss that whole component. Like, okay, well, I'm budgeting. <laughs> now I have this check. And okay, I'm going to try to put it and make it work here. And that, that's not how it's going to yeah. work out. And they don't get that kind of, that kind of before uh, planning out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, you know? I, 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 I've seen some amazing stories. I mean, I, I remember early in, in my own career in a, in a bank working with a, a uh, very successful doctor who literally didn't know how much 
came in on a month over month basis and his assistant paid all his bills for him. So he didn't even know what he was spending. And this was, this was again, a man who, you know, probably people knew his name. I mean, he had that like good that. of a practice and yet it was just kind of, if you had to literally ask him what his mortgage payment was, he didn't even know that. Wow. And he was okay financially, but had zero control over it. People believe that the whole ignorance is bliss thing. Yeah. What I don't know, and numbers seem scary and hard, and it seems stressful. I'm already, I have a family, or I have a job. I'm already stressed out. I, yeah. I don't need that added component. I think they just get overwhelmed with the idea yeah. of the, what the word budget means. It seems so serious, you know? Yeah. And, and and I think, too, a lot of, even on a less on a more subconscious level, too, we can start to think that budget is just making sure the bills are paid and paid on time. Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like, here's this checklist almost of things that I know have to go out. These are the expenses. And as long as that kind of happens and I have right. more than a dollar in my account month over month, right. that's effective. But right. that's, that's definitely not it. And, and you, made, you made the point so well. A budget is meant to be prescriptive, right. proactive, yeah. and forward-thinking, not right. reconciliatory on the back end and hope that everything kind of worked out. Right. right. And, you know, and they can be fun, too. You know, I think yes. people think it's like, oh, this is this whole thing. Like, you make it fun. Whatever fun means for you. I don't think anyone comes out saying, oh, yeah, I love numbers and math. You know what I mean? So, okay. you know, who says that? So I think just making it a fun thing. I involve my daughter. You know, she'll, we were doing cash envelopes for a while. That's kind of like, eh. But, you know, for us personally. But, you you know, involve your family. You know, you make it a fun thing. And, it, you know, and again, having it more than just paying bills. Okay, well, we're planning a trip to, to, to Disney or something like that. And, yeah. you know, we need to work on the finances for that. So that's kind of like a fun thing to work and plan towards, like the Disney jar, if you will. From that. So I think making it fun um, makes it seem less like it's just this burden you have yeah. to do and deal with every two weeks when you get paid, you yeah. know, no, <laughs> or every was, month or something. There was that great question that the, uh, that the speaker at, at our FinCon conference we both attended said, it said, when's the last time you actually had a conversation about the things you love to spend money on? Oh yeah. And I thought yeah. that that was such a wonderfully provocative question because right. exactly what we've been talking about, you know, most of the time when people if you were to ask them what words come to mind when they think of money, a lot of them would probably be negative or yes. stress-filled yes. or whatever. Certainly yes. not something that um, is positive or healthy or helpful or exciting. Right. And so I, I love what you're talking about in terms of, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, doing a budget, having a budget and making sure that it really helps inform your financial picture. Maybe that to you is you know a non-narcotic cure for insomnia. That's fine, but you can still do it and turn it on its head and make it fun right. because right. it gives so, you so, the opportunity to take control. So I make sure that people include um, a whole area where they are doing fun things in that, but also where they're preparing to build for a future wealth. So, yeah. you know, you should definitely include investments that you're working on. So I'm really into the, uh, what I call the 50, uh, well, it's, it's, if you look it up, it's a 50, 20, 30 budget. And, but I call it the 50, 30, 20, because in the 20s kind of like your fun, blow it money you have, the 30% is what you use to pay for your debt, 
future investments, what I call the fun area. Sure. And for me, I'm all into the fun stuff, but I'm all into the, mainly the future things. Yeah. So I'm big on that 30% and when it comes to the future. Um, so that makes it fun though. But if you're sitting there nitpicking your budget, like, oh, 15% goes here. How do you calculate 15%? 10% goes here, 5% for gas. I mean, it can get just like too cerebral and you need to kind of make it, um, it, it is what you make it. So, yeah. 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 And, you know, I, I like what you're talking about when you're assigning, you know, the benefit of actually having the budget work for you is now you actually get to assign values yes. to the things that are important to you. It's more than you. just numbers yeah. or bills. Yes. Cause no, I don't think paying the electric bill is ever going to be fun for anybody. No, right? I mean, yes, having the lights on and like, hold and on, that. turn them off. It's too much. Turn yeah. them off. <laughs> no, but, but, you know, the, the real benefit and the, why budgets are so foundational and critical is that it's, it's the linchpin to then, you know, financial vision casting, right. Yes. And, and saying, you know, these are the things that are important to me, time with my family or vacations right. or, you know, building out a business side hustle right. investment, whatever it is. And now I can actually prescriptively direct resources to actualizing, to achieving that goal. Right. Instead of just kind of saying, I've always wanted to do this, but because I don't have a budget, I'm not preparing. Exactly. Right? Exactly. You, you have to plan for the unplannable. Like yeah. my daughter, she recently got diagnosed with asthma. And so, but before we knew what it was, she was back to back in urgent care and ER. Yeah. And if we ha didn't have an emergency uh, fund, oh, <laughs> I've been like, can you just keep her? Because we already had this huge bill. We just go ahead and keep her. Let me get some sleep too on top of that, you know? So, you know, you don't know what's going to happen. And a budget is going to help your life just open up. And you're going to be walking around with a freedom in a way that you don't have when you're walking around just like, oh, okay, I don't know what's going on. I'm just going to swipe here, spin here, and have no idea, yeah. you know? So, yeah. So, in the area of budgeting, what are some of the key ingredients that you advise people that are kind of the necessary elements to do this successfully? Um, well, I always say first, have some goals. Okay. A lot of us don't have goals. Like, yeah. you know, and not just kind of that, you know, the one you make, you know, um, you know, at the, you know, at the, on New Year's Eve, you're getting ready for the ball to drop. And you're like, <laughs> right. okay, I'm, I'm ready for 2020. We're going to do this or something. You know, it's having, you know, well, what am I doing in three months, six months, nine months, a year, actual goals, and then breaking them down in steps so you can actually reach them. And all our goals are tied to money. Yeah. All of them. You cannot Absolutely. find one that's not tied to finances somehow. So if you don't have goals to actually reach, it's going to be really hard to figure out your finances. I always say, imagine, if you will, you're watching Dora the Explorer, okay? She has a treasure map, right? And so on the map, there's a big old X for where the treasure is. Mm -hmm. You have those tick marks. Those tick marks are leading to the X is your budget, okay? And the X is your goal. Yeah. So you want to kind of operate it like that. Okay, I have this goal. I'm getting to there with my budget. I'm working on a plan. It's getting to a bigger goal each day a little bit, each week a little bit more, each month and each year. Um, so you have to have goals first yeah. before you can do anything. So I don't want to hear anything from anybody <laughs> until you come to me with some goals first. That's great. And then we can work on your budget and just really your life. It, it, it's, it's like 
financial planning and also life planning as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we don't live to work. Yeah. We work to live. And yet we can know that kind of intuitively. But the practice of that, especially in the arena of how do we take better control over our money and do things, you know, one of the big uh, areas that our, our, our practice deals with is, you know, retirement planning. And yet the word retirement is such a nebulous, like non-tangible concept. Right. And, and yet it almost seems like it takes disproportionate value in a lot of these types of financial conversations. But what you just described is something that I can safely say, I, I imagine most people don't even you know, they don't go even that short term. Yeah, I know. Yeah, they don't. And, you know, they have no idea three months from now. Right. I'm doing the same thing. But why? Is, is that your version of living? Sure. I mean, and I don't judge. I really, <laughs> I'm always in a, this is a safe space, but you should have goals three months out. Sure. Yeah. You shouldn't be every season for something different going on, whether, whether it's traveling somewhere, kind of personal growth you're investing in for yourself, yeah. something for your kids. But there should be something new you're getting or working towards each, you know, couple months or so. Yeah. And I think also we haven't even dived into some of the psychology part, but it's about habit formation and habit Mm -hmm. development. And so shorter, more attainable goals build a better, stronger, and more achievable habit that then has even higher rewards and more impact for those longer term things, or maybe the more important things that you really say, you know, I really, oh man, if I could really stop working, you know, 65 would be great, but what if I could do it by 55? Oh my gosh, yeah. yeah. Right? Well, yeah. you know, now we're starting to build that step-by-step roadmap that might not happen three to six months, but the three to six months built on top of the 12 months, 24, and there, you know, and then all of a sudden now there's a very tangible way to do it. Right. But you know what's so funny that I found too is people, they they have a hard time figuring out those short-term goals. They want to be debt-free in that short time. Yeah. (laughs) They don't have any goals for a year out, for six months, but they want you especially to help them become debt-free in three months. But if if you were to become debt-free, what would you do? You wouldn't even know. So, you know, it's kind of... That's right. So yeah. it's pretty interesting and it is a lot of, you know, psychology you said behind it. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you're familiar, um, uh, Karl Marx, he's a uh, sociologist and he's he has this whole like conflict theory. And he says that um, conflict breeds change. And so I think a lot of people like me, I had conflict that mm-hmm. my divorce, you know, so yeah. huge for me. And that spurned me to have change. And so I definitely believe people i love working with people that are like this is an emergency because they're ready they're ready to put in the work they're dedicated they know this is the end this is a huge conflict and i must fix it um so i think again mindset wise um it's 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 very it's very interesting it's very interesting no i i I completely agree and and, um you definitely identified some really helpful you know granular points that people can take and implement and really start to see first that shift in money mentality, but then also some pragmatic steps to take, you know, applying a budget. And now how does, what's this budget going to do for me? Well, this is what it's going to do. It's going to allow you to achieve short, intermediate and longer term financial success. That is, that is now more real to you. Right. 
Right, um, right. You know, I think that part of, I imagine what you see with clients, I know what we've seen with ours is once you actually start to put these fundamentals in place, mm-hmm. it actually makes some of the things that you kind of always used to fantasize about or hope about become more yes. real Life and, becomes and fun. potential. Yes, because you see your dreams yeah. that you thought was so unattainable and so out there. Yeah. You're seeing them actually become like, this is a thing now. This is an actual thing. I'm doing this thing. And it's exciting to see that, you know, people, Absolutely. their life slowly changing, but also just to see, you know, almost to their kind of self-worth change, their esteem yeah. change. It, it's really impactful. Um, so, but yeah, you have to have them goals. You <laughs> and, I, and I think the other part to that, the, the, the flip side of the same coin is it helps people begin to triage and discipline themselves at the same time. Yeah. Because the more real something you really want becomes, the better able you're going to have to turn around and look at the other things that might be standing in the way, whether they be expenses or other things that you had, you know, had been considering, yep. but maybe now you're like, you know, maybe I don't need to do that right. because what I really want is this. And it, and now this seems a lot more possible. So I'm, right. I'm better able to now say no to the things that right. maybe were a little bit harder. or Maybe I wasn't even thinking about saying no to up to that point. Yeah, as well. People think being an adult means you can do whatever you want. <laughs> right, right, and uh, I think you that's know, what being a kid is about. Uh, maybe right, I don't right. know. You know, I'm, I'm like, no, it's about discipline and getting things done. You know, but so, so, but also, it's like, you know, I'm always like, well, if you, if you're a real bad impulse shopper, I say, bring an adult because, like, you know, like I literally, I'm like, I need an adult. I need an adult. You know, I mean, because if you cannot handle, I mean, disciplining yourself, that's a problem. And imagine if you have a child, you tell them no, and because X, Y, Z. The same goes for you. Yeah, you have to have discipline as well. As, as well, um, so but it's it's definitely a challenge trying to rein adults in. You yeah. know, it, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah, and you know, a lot of a lot of we started kind of the conversation about the subtle subconscious cultural norms mm-hmm. that you know, especially with a lot of technology and kind of this experience driven culture. Experiences are great. Right. And certainly things that make life richer and more worth living, because certainly, you know, a life devoid of good experiences with people that you care about doesn't seem very appealing. But I think everything kind of has to have its place. And yes. and it's all about, well, you know, I might want to have a bunch of good experiences, but how does that work out financially to my right. benefit? So that way it, it doesn't become this thing that prevents me from doing some other important things. Right. And especially in the long time. term. Yeah. You know, in the long term. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, also one of the better benefits of now starting side hustles or, you know, really seeing how, oh my gosh, if if this line item of debt cost went away month over month, how much freer, whether I yeah. make any more money or right, not right reducing what i have to spend money on right. automatically frees up capital and 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 gives me more margin yeah that's true but you know we know in the dmv area um a lot of it comes down to though you can only budget so much that's right you know you can only right. budget down especially if you have kids and the way they eat yep. <laughs> 
and, yeah. and school oh, and yeah. everything, and just activities, oh, yeah. weekend, I mean, sports, everything. You can only budget down so much or you're to be kind of just living, you know, your worst life, you know? That's right. And so at a certain point, you do need to assess, okay, I need several hustles. But I always say, too, don't go out here and do one that doesn't make sense. Go out here and see what, what do you actually need to make extra That's a great. month? And then find a hustle for that. Don't sure. go out here, oh, I need to make a whole thousand a month. Do you really need that? I mean, really, really need that. You right. probably don't. So now now what do you do? So, yeah. what, so um, are there any tools that you've used with, with your coaching clients that have been really helpful for doing a budget? Like I know people have talked about mint.com. What, what kind nope. of tools do, no you, do you use <laughs> that are effective and successful? Um, a pencil. Um, okay. some printouts and a Excel, good old Excel spreadsheet. Okay. Uh, Cause it, my, my thought behind this is you need to get down to be as basic as possible. If you cannot do it yourself, a computer can't help you That's because, like um, that. and computers have errors as well. Yeah. And so I remember I had Mint when Mint first started back in the day and it was like, well, I can't compute because your account is not correctly tied to me. I'm like, well, that's not helpful. <laughs> you know? But true. the computer couldn't help me. Yeah. So I think if it first starts at you um, being able to write things down. Have a, I have a huge calculator, so it's kind of fun. Big old buttons. You know, <laughs> make it fun for yourself. <laughs> however you can do it. And I sit and I go through my um, budget with pen, paper and pencil and an Excel spreadsheet. And it kind of just makes the whole you know, experience better. And I feel like I'm more involved yeah. and we need to feel more attached to our money in a healthy way that not as detached as having an app, I think help you. So while I'm not against apps, I don't encourage my people to use it. I want them to be involved yeah. um, in, in, in their budget and their goals and therefore their life. Sure. You know? Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's certainly one of those things where, you know, you're, you're dealing with some really serious discipline moments and, you know, technology is great, but you know, before you even get to a place where it can be effective, right. you want to have some real good foundation right. in place. Exactly. So, 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 so if you've done it for a while and you're good at it, I would definitely, yeah, go, go use an app. That's yeah. whatever you, but if you are just trying to learn how to budget, yeah. I say do it by hand first. That's great. See what you're getting into. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it really makes you think, Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, hold on. What is this number right? Am I carrying the one right or the two? Yeah. yeah. So um, what you're doing, how do, how do people find you? Uh, and what are the things that if somebody loves everything that you're talking about, how should they get a hold of you? Yes. Tell, tell me everything about the Millionaire's Mama. Yeah. So I am at millionairesmama.com. I am all over Instagram all day, every day. <laughs> Um, at Millionaire's Mama um, on Twitter is Millionaire's V. Um, so I'm pretty much everywhere, and I'm very. Uh, if you have any questions, like you just DM me, message me. I'm very, very much so hands on, and I'm not gonna be like, hey, you now yet I bill you fifty bucks. I'm like, you know, it's like I'm here to help. So whatever yeah. I can do to help, um, I'm here. I go um, live on Thursdays on Instagram where it's like a Q&A. I also call it, call it Money Mock Bang where I actually cook with you guys and we go over um, really like hot button money issues every week. Um, I had a chef that was here for a while but he moved away. I was like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yes, but that was, was nice. Say, I, I, mean, 
can get some cooking tips. Right, That's right. great. <laughs> right. So I'm when I say I'm everywhere and I am, you'll be able to find me and definitely I'm I'm approachable. So come and just reach out to me. And what are some of the the if somebody was looking for X fill in the blank, what would your your one thing that you definitely feel is your best strength to help people with? Is it Budget and debt management? I would say emergency. Um, if, if they're like, you know, I have nowhere to turn. I need help now. That's Great. you. You come to me. Come to Millionaire's awesome. Mama because I get it. I've been there. I know how to help you. I know at this point you're mentally ready. And so I tell you, you have to do this. You're not going to be like, oh, I know you're ready. So if you have, you're like at your wit's end, you, you don't know where to turn, you come find me. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank really you for having me. really appreciate it. This was great. Yes. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this month's episode of the That's My Financial Guy podcast. We hope you enjoyed yourself. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can find us online at thehaneycompany.com or on Twitter at The Haney Company. The information provided in this podcast is not intended as specific tax or legal advice and may not be relied upon for purposes of avoiding any federal tax penalties. The Haney Company, its employees and representatives are not authorized to give tax or legal advice. Individuals are encouraged to seek advice from their own tax or legal counsel. Individuals involved in the estate planning process should work with an estate planning team, including their own personal legal or tax counsel. The information provided here does not constitute personal financial advice, but is meant as the conveyance of information for educational purposes only. All investing involves risk, including the risk of loss. Past performance is not indicatory of future returns. Guarantees are backed by the claims-paying ability of the insurer. Brian Haney is a registered representative of Coastal Equities Incorporated and an investment advisory representative of Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated. Investment advisory services are offered through Coastal Investment Advisors Incorporated, and securities are offered through Coastal Equities Incorporated, member FINRA SIPC.